You are listening to Sheep Might Fly, a podcast of serialised fiction written and read by Tansy Rayner Robin. Our current serial is Musketeer Space. Chapter 41. Driving the Archibus. Dana opened her mouth and nothing came out. She was so used to thinking of the Cardinal as her enemy. Could this offer be genuine? You would be flying a sabre-class dart into truth space within the week, said the Cardinal, gripping her cup of tea with the same elegance she did everything else. I know Treville brushed you off with some grunt work. Supplies, transport? Far beneath your capabilities, I would have thought. My dear Jean so often displays a remarkable lack of imagination when it comes to personnel. Dana's teacup rattled against its saucer, and she put it down in a hurry. The last thing she wanted was to break some antique crockery in this beautiful room. I see potential in you, D'Artagnan, said the cardinal, as if Dana wasn't staring at her like a gaping goldfish cartoon. I only recruit the most talented, the most energetic, the most courageous young pilots. You will accept, of course. It wasn't a question. If Dana didn't say something, she would be signing a contract in pastry crumbs and icing sugar, right here at the table. I... No, she said faintly. I'm sorry, but I'm happy where I am. And there was the Cardinal Richelieu that everyone was so afraid of. The woman's face didn't change. There wasn't a twitch of difference to her expression or her body language. But the light had died in her eyes, leaving her flinty and carved out of stone. I cannot think why you would refuse, she said. Don't you know that an offer like this is what great careers are built upon? I serve the crown. However, Commandant Essart and Admiral Treville choose to employ me, said Dana, sounding remarkably normal, considering that she was almost certainly going to be stabbed with a cake fork. You realise, of course, said the Cardinal, that the Red Fleet serves the Crown. If you fly for Paris, you fly for our beloved regents. I know that, Dana said desperately, but... But I don't trust you. I don't know how deep your loyalty to the Crown goes. All I know is that you and my lord have worked together, and that means you could be allied with the Sunkist. She didn't say that. I made this offer for your sake, D'Artagnan. I have had reports of your extracurricular activities, and it seems you have spent many days and nights doing the precise opposite of serving our beloved Regents Royale. The chill of those last few words was intense, like staring into an ice comet. You see now, said the Cardinal, after a silence that was far too long to be considered polite. Why I offer my protection. 
For one shameful moment, Dana considered how she might look in the smart red and gold livery of a sabre pilot. If I may speak honestly, she said, playing for time, from what I hear, armed sergeant, you do not usually hold back your opinions. Dana took a deep breath, trying to construct her thoughts in the formal political language that was popular in the palace. Nearly every friend or ally I've made since coming to Paris has been associated with the Musketeers or Commandant Essart's Mecca Corps. I've not tried to make enemies, but I now have several. And all of them have at one time or another been in your employ. The Cardinal raised a sarcastic eyebrow. Do go on. This is fascinating. If I accept your offer, I'll have enemies on all sides. The cardinal smiled with all her teeth. I forgot how young you are. Who but a child would deny herself a career because of what her friends might think? My friends would think taking your offer was in my best interest, Dana thought fiercely. That's why they don't get a vote. That's my answer, she said simply. The cardinal stood. Their interview was at an end. When you fall into misfortune, D'Artagnan, and you will, I hope you will recall that I extended the offer of friendship to you and that you rejected my help. I am grateful for your generosity, said Dana, the words feeling like mining grit in her mouth. When she left the salon, Dana found Agent Rosnay Cho leaning casually against the wall of the gallery. Should have taken the offer, Rose said, in a low, considering voice. Dana met her gaze steadily. I'm not so easily bought. Roe rolled her eyes. She was right. You're a child. That night, in the Abbey of Saint-Germain, over many cups of wine with her closest friends, Dana shared the story of what she and the Cardinal had said to each other. Aramis and Porthos, distracted by the farewells they had to make to their various lovers, both gave Dana supportive hugs and insisted she had made the right choice. Only Athos, who had no one to farewell except an excellent vintage bottle of brandy, gave Dana's refusal more serious thought. "'You did what you had to do,' he said. "'I would have done the same. "'And yet, that doesn't mean it was the right decision.' Drunk enough to be daring, Dana leaned in and gave him a smacking kiss on his forehead." Athos, you always know exactly what to say. It's a gift, he agreed. <laughs> Welcome to Supplies Team Delta, said a cheerful young man with a shaven head and walled tattoos that covered him from scalp to shoulder. I'm Bass and this is Chantal. He indicated a remarkably short and cheerful white woman with pierced fingernails and two dainty silver horn implants protruding from her forehead 
We are team leaders. I'm the maintenance specialist. Chantal is printing an inventory. And you're the pilot, Chantal added helpfully. Welcome to the Frenzy Kenzie. I'm Sergeant D'Artagnan. Dana had never met two less military people in her life. I guess you can call me Dana, she offered. Base gave her a friendly hug. We're going to get along great. Sorry your orientation is so last minute. We ship out in three hours, but the boat was still being rebuilt until early this morning. Acid explosion, Chantal said gravely. The boat was a massive dark blue tube of Arquebus-class Ventura. Dana had piloted something similar when she was a trainee back on Gascon Station, because Freedom still used Arquebus-class Venturas for supplies and trading. This one was newer than the ship Dana had practised in, though the front half was a lot older than the back half, which had all but been printed from scratch in the rebuild. It was traditional for a new pilot to walk entirely around her ship before coming aboard. With the size of the Frenzy Kenzie, that wasn't practical, but Base and Chantal dragged Dana into a storage buggy so they could drive her around the perimeter. For the first time, this felt real. They were going into a war zone, a war zone where no shot had yet been fired, but still. It was so bloody huge. The ship, not the situation. Yes, also the situation. When she saw the tail fin of the Ventura, Dana let out a bark of a laugh. Who designed the tattoo? It's mine, said Chantal, looking pink with embarrassment. I mean, my kids drew it. You can put your own on, if you'd prefer. No, I like it, Dana said. It was a children's drawing of three people waving madly under a squiggly rainbow. Is it really only three of us crewing her? There's also Wheels, our Meditech. She's kitting out the Medibay right now, said Bass. But she hates healthy people, so don't talk to her unless you're bleeding. Chantal hired two assistants to help with the fetching and carrying. And I have a couple of baby NG interns to train up. They're coming too. I don't suppose I get an assistant to pilot the ship while I'm sleeping? Dana asked dryly. Ha! said Bass appreciatively, then realised she hadn't been joking. Oh, ah, this is awkward. Nope, it's just you and the autopilot, said Chantal with a smile. But you can borrow our assistance sometimes, if you ask nicely. I did pick baby NGs who claim to be able to pilot boats this big, Bass said, as if it had been an afterthought rather than a major requirement. Oh, said Dana, even more overwhelmed. That's good. The helm and harness of the Frenzy Kenzie were heavier and more old-fashioned than the setup Dana was used to from darts, or even the transporter she'd been piloting to and from Luna Palais for so many months. She hesitated, not sure where she should even start with all the cables and attachments. Let me help you, boss, said a familiar voice. Planchet popped into her field of vision. The girl wore her red hair in its usual pigtails, but she had found a musketeer blue coverall from somewhere with the ship's name embroidered on the chest. Planchet, said Dana, half alarmed, 
Are you a stowaway? I think that's treason. Planchet laughed. Don't worry, boss. Stowing away is a misdemeanour at worst. It doesn't even count as a crime until we leave dock. Planchet. I'm kidding, the teen Engie said, wide-eyed. I signed on with Arm Sergeant Base as an intern. It'll look good on my resume when you finally become a musketeer and need a proper Engie to look after Buttercup. Can you believe they're keeping an antique like this running? I can't wait to get my hands on her insides. Dana wasn't going to complain. Having Planchet here helped with the overwhelming sense of isolation she had felt ever since she parted ways with Athos, Aramis and Porthos. Quick, help me get into this helmet harness before the rest of the team figures out. I have no idea what I'm doing, Dana begged. Fifty gleaming red sabre-class darts in perfect spiral formation exploded out of the church dock of Paris Satellite. They hung in the sky for a dramatic instant before boosting in a coordinated jump across the solar system. Next came thirty blue musket-class darts, the musketeers of the royal fleet, pouring forth from Lunar Palais. Must be true, then, said Bass, who had joined Diana and Planchet in the cockpit of the Frenzy Kenzie with a larger-than-regulation tub of popcorn. The Regents herself is flying out with this wave. It's a battle, Dana said in surprise. No one expects that of her, surely. Rumour has it that her siblings have been sniffing around, campaigning to be allowed back from exile, said Chantal, who was flipping through a gossip app on a large clamshell. The tall one who won all those medals in particular? I guess the Regents wants to prove to the adoring public that she has military cred. The Cardinal's definitely with this wave, said Bass. Saw footage of her eminence waving at the crowds on the way to her sabre after breakfast. The two of them must have let the dra- left the Dragon Prince at home to watch over Paris. Dana frowned at the slang term for Prince Alec. Less chatter, she said sternly. We're about to... Her dash lit up with the command to detach from their berth and take to the sky. No worries, said Chantal. War involves heaps of waiting around in between the exciting parts. There'll be so much time for gossip. Thanks for listening to Sheep Might Fly. This podcast was recorded on Palawar land. I acknowledge and pay respect to the Tasmanian Aboriginal people as the traditional owners and continuing custodians of Lutrawita, Tasmania. Sheep Might Fly is produced and edited by Andrew Finch. You can sign up to my author newsletter for updates. Follow me on Twitter at TansyRR. And if you like this podcast, consider supporting me at Patreon, where you can receive all kinds of bonus rewards, early ebooks, and exclusive stories for a small monthly pledge. See you next week.